The Dramini Archives presents A Muggleborn's Guide to Bagging of Pure Blood by Raven Goldie. It all started with an attraction, an attraction Hermione wasn't entirely sure was even happening. It began in sixth year, the change, the shift. Despite what was actually going on in their lives during sixth year at Hogwarts, Hermione couldn't deny that she was then that her problematic pining began over a certain platinum blonde haired wizard. Hermione had noticed the change in his behaviour first, his appearance closely followed second. She knew he was growing up before his eyes, but Merlin was he attractive. Through the whole of her year, her feelings started to change and subsequently overwhelmed her every time she saw him. But for her own safety and peace of mind, she didn't tell anyone, and not a single person. She hid to every thought she had about him. Even through their eighth year that the students had to take, it left her leaving Hogwarts at the age of 18 still pining for him. Five years later, and it was still the same. Worse, even. Now a fully grown woman, Hermione's needs and desires had only grown with her, but the attraction she had to that same person never wavered. And God's help her if he wasn't even more attractive as a 23-year-old man. Hermione was well and truly screwed. Because of her secret obsession with him, Hermione had never once entertained any other men, the only person being Ron, and even then it was only one time. She was silently and secretly pining for the sidelines over a man who once hated her and now acted as if she didn't even exist. Her desire for him was sexual, she knew this, but the woman had needs. How was she, a muggle-born witch, meant to win over one of the purest blooded wizards in the wizarding world. It was unheard of. Impossible. Fever dream. But Amani had set her mind to it, and when she set her mind to something, it had to happen. She had to see it through. For over five years, Hermione had pined over him in secret. No one knew of her feelings, and she would definitely keep it that way. She had watched and observed him go through different girls and relationships for some time, but he was still, as far as she knew, single. Hermione needed that knowledge. Right, come out with it. Out with it! I've seen you moping for the best part of a year now. You won't go on dates, you won't see any guys. What's going on? I'm serious now, Hermione. I'm staging an intervention. Ginny spoke as she flung herself down on the sofa next to Hermione. There's nothing to say. I call bullshit. Hermione sighed. Ginny, I can't say. Yes, you can. Come on, spill it. I'm your best friend. I need to know. Wincing at the thought of finally telling someone what she had been dealing with for the past five years, she took a deep breath to ready herself for the confession. It's Malfoy. Malfoy? Ginny frowned. You can't tell anyone, she warned. What do you mean it's Malfoy? You've been seeing him? Hermione laughed. No, no, of course not. I just were... What? I just... (sighs) What? I don't want this to be known, she began. I just... I think there's something wrong with me. Wrong how? Here goes, she thought. Right, swear you won't tell anyone. Not Harry. Not anyone. This is between you and me. I haven't told anyone about this. Okay, Ginny agreed. 
I've been attracted to Malfoy since six years at Hogwarts. Like, really attracted to him. I have never made a move because I know he'll reject me, but I can't form any other feelings towards anyone else. It's like my brain is wired to him and only him. I can't commit to anyone else because my body just wants him. So you just want to shag him? Ginny summarised. No? I don't know. Probably? I think that's what this is. You're sexually frustrated because you're attracted to him. Maybe you just need to shag him and get it out of your system? I'm sure he wouldn't turn you down. Ginny continued. I highly doubt that, Ginny. He's hated me since school. You don't know that. I do. Well, it's simple. You just need to get out of your system. It's been years, Ginny. I get it. And listen, don't tell Harry, but he's definitely got fitter over the years. I can see where you're coming from. Yes, but it's been a long time. Too long. That I don't understand. But you're saying he's the reason why you haven't met another wizard? Not dated or anything since Ron? No, and even with Ron, it wasn't really what I'd hoped it would be. As bad as that sounds. Right. Well, we can fix it. You just need to talk to him. I won't. Ginny laughed at her quick denial. You can't live like this, Hermione. I've been doing mine so far. You're just pining after him, that's all. What do you suggest? We make a plan for you to bag him. Ginny shrugged like it was the most obvious thing in the world. Okay. I suppose it wouldn't hurt, but promise me if it doesn't work you won't tell anyone. Please, Ginny. All right. Okay, let's call this plan the Muggleborn Guide to Bagging a Pureblood. Hermione laughed to herself. Work with me here. Let's think of what you can do. Hermione thought for a moment. I need him to find me attractive. Okay, good. That's good. So, step one. Catch his eye. First, we need to get you to the into his peripherals. Show him how good you look. Make him see you. Hermione nodded. I guess I should approach him. Up until now, I've never made a move to speak to him outside of school assignments and work. Right, so, step two. Show an interest in him. I don't know how it will work with him, though. He's always spotted with other witches. I don't even know if he's single. Hmm. Well, if you win him over after properly talking to him, you'll have to show him what he's missing. I need to show him what I want. Flirt with him or something? Hermione confirmed. Got it in one. Step three. Flirt your ass off. And then, if he does seem somewhat interested, we come to step four. Make him jealous. See someone else just for the sake of it, you know? Fake an interest, so to speak. Are you sure that will be worth it? Absolutely. And then by this point you'll be at step five. Pag him. He won't be able to resist. Hermione laughed, but agreed. When am I supposed to start this? I only see him at work, and even then he's always busy. I don't have time to be doing it all day, every day. No, you're right. It needs to be all in one go. Ginny thought for a moment. Oh, I have the perfect time to do it. It's the annual ministry winter gala in two weeks. Harry has been moaning about going for months. That will be the prime day to initiate your plan. It will work. Merlin, will it work? If you say so. Hermione spoke warily. Hermione, you've got this. I don't know why it's him in particular you're after, but God knows, do I want it to work for you. Hermione smiled. Thanks, Jin. The Ministry Gala came around quicker than Hermione had anticipated. She wasn't ready for it. 
She was panicking about the plan she had put in place with Ginny. Ginny had been reassuring her non-stop, offering pointers and advice. She had been a gem in helping her find the perfect dress. Manny was nervous, but they were good nerves, eliciting excitement through her at the prospect of what could possibly come from the night. Are you ready, Hermione? Ginny called from the living room. Yeah, I'm, I'm coming out. Hermione slowly walked from her bedroom into the living area of her flat to find Ginny waiting for her, dressed in a deep red gown that looked as beautiful as ever. Well, shit, you look incredible. Ginny spoke with a satisfied grin on her face. Hermione smiled in response, slowly running her hands down the front of her light grey gown. The silk material felt expensive under her fingertips, and she felt like a million dollars. Harry said he'll meet us both at the entrance to the gala. Is that all right? Yeah, fine. I'm ready whenever you are. It'll work tonight, Hermione, Ginny confirmed, and Hermione nodded, trying to convince herself that it was true. Let's go. The two girls apparated together and arrived outside the building, spotting Harry waiting by the wall. He quickly stepped towards Ginny and kissed her, then pulled Hermione into a hug in greeting. You both look amazing, he commented with a smile. The three of them headed inside and were escorted into a large ballroom with three elaborate chandeliers hanging from the ceiling that were glittering in the light. There was obnoxiously loud music being played by an orchestra on a stage and the sounds of many people conversing with each other. A waiter walked by the three friends and offered them each a tall glass of champagne. Hermione took hers gratefully and sipped it straight away. A bit of liquid courage for the night. She worked her way around the room with Harry and Ginny, talking to ministry officials, friends from school and anyone who made their way over to them. Hermione had perfected her media smile years ago as cameras flashed around them non-stop. After a couple of minutes, Ginny pulled Hermione towards her to lean down so that she could whisper into her ear. Target has arrived. On your left. Hermione raised her eyes to look in the direction Ginny had mentioned, and her breath hitched in her throat at the sight of the man she was here to win over. Malfoy walked into the gala with his mother holding onto his arm. Narcissa Malfoy was the image of sophisticated elegance, and Hermione was in awe of her obvious beauty. She knew that Narcissa thrived in these environments. Malfoy was the perfect pure-blood son, guiding his mother through the door and offering her a glass of champagne. The two of them walked towards Kingsley Shucklebolt, who turned to them and shook both of their hands in greeting. Hermione watched Malfoy talking from a distance and felt her body heat up when he laughed loudly at something that somebody had said. A strand of his blonde hair fell into his eye and the movement, and he used one of his hands to push it back off his face. Hermione scanned his body as she sipped her drink. Of course he had opted to wear all black, bar the crisp white shirt that she could see underneath his jacket. Black tie, suit and shoes. He looked fucking delicious, and Hermione was suffering in silence at the sight of him. It was unfair for him to always look so good. Hermione had known this for a long time. She swallowed her champagne, emptying the glass, and placed it onto the bar beside her. Summoning some Gryffindor courage, she decided to make her way over to Kingsley and the Malfoys. The perfect opportunity for her to begin stages two and three of her plan. The long grey gown Hermione wore flowed beautifully around her legs as she walked. She could already feel multiple eyes watching her from around the room. 
When she approached Kingsley, he had turned to her and smiled widely. She felt Malfoy's eyes on her instantly when she was in their proximity. Hermione, welcome. Lovely to see you here tonight. Hi, Kingsley, she smiled. Mrs Malfoy? Draco? She nodded towards them both in greeting. She saw Malfoy physically freeze and swallow hard at the sound of his given name. Narcissa, please, the elder Malfoy spoke warmly. It's a wonderful turnout so far, Hermione commented. We're lucky to have such a dedicated society of witches and wizards, Kingsley agreed. I was just talking to the Malfoys about the case we managed to close last week. Hermione nodded in understanding. Kingsley mentioned the work you have been doing, Miss Granger. I had no doubt she would be making such an amazing impression on the wizarding world, considering your legacy at Hogwarts, Narcissa explained with a soft smile. Hermione smiled back. Oh, thank you. It's been a long process to get to where we wanted the department to be, but I'm happy with the outcome. Kingsley has been a wonderful mentor. She's too kind, Kingsley laughed, then turned to Narcissa. Narcissa, would you care to accompany me to dance? Of course, she smiled, accepting his hand and walking off to the dance floor, leaving Hermione standing with Draco alone. Granger? Malfoy? You're looking lovely tonight. Thank you, as are you. She turned to look at him. I've been following your work at the Ministry on the Mickelson Ruby quest breaking. I hear from a colleague in the Department of Mysteries that it's been a tough one to crack. I'm very impressed with the results we've seen so far. You're doing a wonderful job. Malfoy stalled for a second. Thanks. It's such a vital part of an even bigger challenge. It pays off to work as hard as we have been. You always were a hard worker, she praised warmly. He looked at her with a curious gaze, trying to figure her out. Hermione licked her lips and looked at him. I can imagine it's been tough to revisit certain curses. Have you been all right? He cleared his throat. I have. Thanks for your concern. As a senior member of the Ministry, I have to care about its employees, including you, of course. She smiled cheekily. He looked down at her, smirking. I'll remember that, Granger. You should. Some people require my attention more than others. They both locked eyes for a second until Hermione turned away. Do you want to dance? She addressed him. I believe the man is supposed to ask the lady, or so my upbringing has led me to believe. She laughed, shrugging. I'm a modern woman. Then asked, But if you want to ask me, you can? He smirked. As you wish. Turning his body to face hers, he held his hand out to her. Would you accompany me to dance, Miss Granger? I'd be delighted. The two of them walked onto the dance floor together, and Malfoy pulled her body close towards him. He was a perfect gentleman and held her comfortably and appropriately for their audience. Hermione had to hold in her emotions when she realised that they were actually holding on to each other. The feel of his hands on her made her shudder. They danced for one song, and then Hermione took her leave, excusing herself. She smirked as she walked away from them to the bathroom. After freshening up, Hermione made her way back to the ballroom, ready to begin step four of her plan, make him jealous. She looked around the room to find a lone wizard she could approach. Her eyes lingered on someone she hadn't seen since Hogwarts. Victor Crumb was leaning against the bar alone, 
She smiled and walked over to him. Victor! Hermione, so glad to see you here. I have missed you for a long time. How are you? Have you been? I am well. Busy with Quidditch. I'm training little wizards now. They are a handful. Hermione laughed and chatted a bit more, making sure to leave her hand on his arm every so often in case Malfoy was looking. She hoped he was. Would you care to dance, Victor? I would love to dance with you, Hermione. Just like old times, yes? <laughs> like the Yule Ball, she smiled in confirmation. Victor led them both to the dance floor, and they danced around the room together easily. It helped that Victor was somewhat of a good dancer, and could lead her properly. Whilst dancing, Hermione noticed Malfoy standing by a wall on the right side of the dance floor. He held a glass in his hand, and his face was blank, a slight frown clear on his face. He was watching them from afar. Hermione smiled to herself, secretly celebrating the small win, and she laughed freely as Victor spun her around. When the dance ended, Hermione thanked Victor and excused herself again. She decided to have a walk around the building and found a lovely room full of beautiful artwork on the walls. No portraits, but gorgeous scenery and artistic pieces. The room itself had a fireplace and some large armchairs placed around its small table. Hermione made her way around the room slowly, taking in every piece of the art hung up in frames. She read the accompanying descriptions of each one. It felt nice to be in a moment of silence. She spent a couple of minutes in there as she walked around, holding the silk material of her gown in her hand to stop it from trailing on the ground and tripping her up. Hermione heard the door open as she stood, looking completely enthralled by a beautiful piece of what she assumed was the forbidden forest in front of her. A deep voice broke the peaceful silence in the room before she had even had a chance to turn around. It sent a chill through her whole body, and she recognised the tones of his voice that she so desperately wanted to hear. I hear you've been waiting for me, Granger. Money stilled, completely frozen. She turned around, quickly, her face falling in absolute panic. How did you know that? she asked quietly, mortified. Ginny Weasley may be the most notorious meddler, but her heart is in the right place. She grimaced at his answer, and Ginny had told him she was fucked. Don't get me wrong, Granger, I'm completely flattered, he answered with a laugh. He stepped forward so that he was standing close enough in front of her. She raised her eyes to look at him. Don't mock me, she answered. Would I ever? he smirked. Her cheeks heated up. You can see I'm embarrassed. You were never supposed to know. Is that so? Obviously. She turned to leave. His hand found her wrist and his long fingers wrapped around it, causing her to stop in her place, frozen again. Those fingers she had thought about too many times, rings and all. Granger, I'm flattered, he began, because I had no idea. She let out a strained breath. And let's be honest here, you're completely out of my league. Untouchable. A realisation washed over her, everything she had known and thought now being confirmed right before her eyes. Because I'm a muggle-born, she confirmed quietly, casting her eyes down. He scoffed. Come on, Granger, give me some credit. She raised her eyes from the floor to look back up at him, 
his silver grey eyes piercing into her. Not because you're Mogaborn. He spoke with confusion, frowning slightly. Because you're everything I always wanted but couldn't have. She swallowed, her eyebrows raised slightly at his confession. What does that even mean? She whispered into the space between them. Use your brain, Granger. She stared at him again, but did not speak, lost for what she could possibly say back to him. If only you told me earlier that you wanted me, it could have saved us both over half a decade of waiting around for nothing. What? she asked incredulously. Salazar, do I need to spell it out? That would be helpful, she mumbled. He laughed, shaking his head. I want you, Granger. I've wanted you since we left Hogwarts. Her eyes widened. Middle of sixth year, for me, she whispered back. Fucking hell. He spoke with a strained whisper. I've been attracted to you since sixth year. Nothing has ever changed, and I don't know why, she confessed. I haven't been with anyone apart from Ron. Only once, she continued. He raised his eyebrows in disbelief. No one? No. Fuck. You've been waiting for me without even knowing. How was that your plan? I don't know. I just hoped, she shrugged. Hoped what? That you would notice me. Are you joking? Please tell me you are. She shook her head. No. Granger, he began with exasperation. I've been trying to get you out of my head for years because I never stood a chance with you and you're telling me that you've been waiting for me since six year. Fuck, we're fucking idiots. I'm, I'm sorry, I didn't mean for you to find out like this, she admitted. Was I ever going to find out? Probably not. And now that I know? She shrugged her shoulders. The ball is in your court. It's up to you. Tell me one thing. Why did you never say anything? Tell me what you were feeling. Because you're a blood wizard and I'm a muggle-born witch. I know it's not allowed in your world, in your family line. I thought you hated me. I never stood a chance. He blew out a cool breath of air between them. I'll tell you this once, Granger. I couldn't give a flying fuck about what my family think or want from me. Pureblood traditions be damned. I left all that behind when Potter killed Voldemort. Fuck, I can't believe you've been thinking that all this time. He ran his hand through his hair and Hermione watched intently. She blinked. Well, it's not just on me. You've been with plenty of people since school. I've seen it in all the newspapers and in front of my own eyes. You're meant to be marrying, aren't you? No. He answered coldly, his face hardened. No? No, I'm not marrying anyone. Yes, there's been potential suitors set up by my parents, but it was ages ago. I told my mother that I'm not doing it. I'm not following traditions, not anymore. I told her I'd walk away from everything if I didn't get the chance to choose my own path. She agreed, reluctantly. What are you saying? Don't be dense, Granger. I'm not. I need to hear it. I can't ruin this, not after all these years. I've been waiting for this moment. I'm saying that I want you. 
I have no obligations from my family or pure bloodline. What I want is you and for some universally fucked up reason, whatever that may be, you want me too. We don't have to wait any longer if that's what you're waiting for, he added. It is, she whispered. Fuck. I can't believe this is happening. <laughs> Neither can I. After a moment, he spoke again. Hermione, come here, he commanded lowly, causing her to shiver. She let out a shaky breath and stepped towards him, slowly, cautiously. She slowly looked up to meet his eyes and took a deep breath. Draco moved his hand up to cup her face, his fingers softly skimming her jaw. She could feel the cool metal of his rings touching her skin. The two of them looked at each other for a long moment, silently agreeing about where this was going. Hermione licked her bottom lip slightly, and Draco's eyes watched the movement intently, swallowing forcefully. The next second, Hermione felt his lips brush against her own. She gasped, inhaling a sharp breath at the contact, but connected hers to his. Draco started off slow, and then gradually increased the pressure. His tongue slipped out and touched Hermione's briefly. She held in a moan. This was it. The moment she had been waiting for. It was happening with him. She reached her arms up and laced her fingers into his air at the back of his neck, pulling him closer to her. Their chests pressed against each other as Draco moved his hands to her lower back, and pressing slightly into the soft skin he could feel through her dress. Hermione smiled slightly as they kissed. He kissed her harder. Draco then moved his head down to Hermione's neck and began leaving kisses below her ear, down her throat and up her collarbones. Hermione moaned when his lips pressed against the sensitive parts of her skin. Heat pulled between her legs. She closed her eyes and tipped her head back slightly, giving him more access to her body. He groaned at the sound she made against her neck. His hands moved to cup her arse and he squeezed. She took in a sharp inhale and swallowed. Keep making noises like that and we won't be lasting very long, Draco drawled. She opened her eyes and watched him. His eyes had darkened with lust in just a few seconds and she knew that he was becoming just as affected as she was. She bit her lip, then reattached hers to Draco's. More forcefully this time. Harder. Passionate, needy and wanting. He pushed their bodies backwards until her back hit the wall. He inserted his thigh between her legs, causing Hermione to feel the slight pressure where he needed it most. She knew she was getting wetter, and he had barely even touched her. She was done for, and she could feel the dull ache in her knickers, throbbing. She began removing Draco's suit jacket as they kissed again pushing it down his arms and onto the ground. Her hands found his shirt, and she undid the buttons one by one until his whole chest was exposed to her. She took in a big breath, eyes glancing over the skin and muscles she could see in front of her, her attraction to him increasing tenfold. Fuck, she mumbled quietly. Draco raised an eyebrow at her with a smirk. Like what you see? She nodded. She licked her lips and let her hands make their way up to his chest. She used her fingers to travel down every crevice and muscle she could. His skin was cool and so soft. 
she spotted the scar she knew was from the Sextum Semper spell Harry had used against him. She ran her fingers slowly along the lines of it, and then leaned forward and pressed her lips in soft kisses over it. Draco hissed, sucking in a breath. Halasar Granger, are you trying to kill me? She looked up at him, quizzically. Come here, he spoke, strained, motioning for her to stand back up. He worked his hands to her neck, trailing his forefinger down the side of her shoulder. He reached around to unclip the small clasp of her dress, then used his hands to push the two straps down and off her shoulders. Hermione thanked her earlier self for opting not to wear a bra. As soon as the material of her dress had fallen down to her waist, she could feel her nipples hardening in the cool room. Draco looked at her with hunger in his eyes, his hands slowly traced around her ribs, causing goosebumps to rise up over her body. Hermione moaned when his hand cupped her breast, his thumb rubbing over her nipples slowly, then using his fingers to pinch and squeeze them. Her stomach tightened, the throbbing in her knickers pulsed harder. She was so in need of him. He leaned forward and put her breast in his mouth, then swirled his tongue around. She moaned loudly, pushing her chest up further. He groaned against her skin. The next minute, his hands had grasped the remaining part of her dress and pushed it down till it pooled around her feet on the floor. She stood in front of him in just her lace knickers, and she knew that she was soaked for him. His eyes roamed over her body, and a strained groan came from his mouth. She bit her lip and reached forward to open the belt of his trousers. Looking down, she saw a very obvious bulge in his pants, straining against the material. When she had managed to push his trousers down, he stood in front of her in just his black boxes, and Manny could see the outline of his cock. She breathed out. His hands traced the outside of her knickers, causing Hermione to gasp at the sensation, her hips backing forward to meet his hand. She bit her lip, holding in her moan. His finger very slowly and torturously pushed inside her knickers, and he groaned loudly as his finger pushed through her wetness. God, you're drenched from me, Granger. Fuck. She tipped her head back as his fingers moved further into her until he had pushed one finger inside. She moaned again, his thumb brushing over her clit. She whimpered. Draco, please, she whined. Music to my fucking ears. He pushed in and out at the perfect pace and then added another finger. Hermione wouldn't last long. She knew it and he knew it. His thumb rubbed her clit in circles, at just the right speed, and Hermione came undone on his hand. Her body shuddered as she cried out, grasping Draco's shoulders in her hands, nails digging in. Draco let her come down slowly before removing his fingers from her. I want you to take the lead, Granger. Take what you want from me. Use me however you want. I can't. You can. You've waited for this. Us. I don't. That's a request, Granger. Okay. Good girl, he whispered. She felt her legs go weaker. He led them both to the armchair in the corner of the room. She eyed it warily, but swallowed in excited anticipation. She turned them around so Malfoy was facing her, 
and she pressed her hands gently to his chest and pushed him to sit down. He complied and sat with his legs wide open. She stepped forward to stand in between them. You're going to sit on my cock, Granger. He smirked, eyes dark as he looked up at her face. She bit her lip and nodded. Slowly she removed her knickers and Draco watched her every move. His eyes roamed over her naked body. I want you to make me feel good, she whispered. I'd be honoured, he grinned. With all the courage she could summon, she slowly leaned forward and pulled Draco's boxes. He lifted his hips to let her pull them off him. When she saw him fully exposed in front of her, she looked over him with a delicious look in her eyes. Wanton and needy. Malfoy, she breathed. No. Her eyes flicked up to his. What? She whimpered. Don't say that name. Why? Because I want to hear you say my name where I'm inside of you, and Malfoy won't be it. Hermione took a deep breath and nodded. Give me this one, Granger. She breathed out slowly and nodded again, and then leaned forward to place her hands on his chest. She moved her hands gently over his skin, committing every part to her memory. She moved lower until she reached into his cock and grasped it in her hands, moving them up and down his shaft torturously slow. Draco hissed and moaned at the contact, twitching slightly in her palm. Hermione moved his legs so that she could kneel on either side of Draco's legs on the chair, making sure to line herself up to him. She guided his cock to her aching centre and slowly ran it up and down her wet folds. Draco groaned at the sensation. She whimpered above him. Both of them breathing heavily together. Finally, Hermione sank down onto him and they both groaned simultaneously. Draco! Hermione whined instantly, feeling him stretch her perfectly. She moved around slightly to adjust and heard Draco curse under his breath. And she looked at him and their eyes locked. Her chest was moving up and down as she breathed harshly. Move, he mouthed to her silently, urging her to take control. She started to grind on him, testing the feeling, her hips moving around in circles and back and forth, releasing the intense feelings throughout her body that she craved. Draco matched her pace instantly, meeting her with his hips. He grabbed her hips in his hands, pulling them down to his own. She knew it would probably bruise, but she didn't care. The feel of his hands gripping her was something else entirely. She leaned down and connected her lips with his. He kissed her hungrily. The tensions between them evaporated as they both moved to find release. Hermione gasped into his mouth when she felt his fingers touch her clip between them. The Malfoy signet ring he wore had been turned around, and she could feel the cold metal touching her sensitive bud, just in the right place. She groaned and flung her head back, arching her spine. Fuck, if anyone had told me this is what you wanted, if someone told me this was what it would feel like to be with you, Granger, he panted breathlessly. Fuck, she breathed at his words. I'll be a dead man walking. 
She moaned loudly as she could for the tight coil inside of herself and getting her ready for release. Draco, please, she whined, her vision blurring slightly. Her body was burning hot and sweaty, but so was Draco's. We're going to come together, he demanded lowly. Yes, she whined. I'm... I'm close, Draco. You're doing so well. So fucking well taking me like this, he praised. Her legs shook weakly. She continued her movements on him, grinding to get to her release. Draco's pace never wavered, and his fingers worked her clit, the cool metal of his ring still brushing against it as the most perfect of ways. Hermione squirmed as the tension built inside of her until she felt herself coming undone with a scream. Draco followed suit, spilling inside of her, instantly cursing loudly. Fucking perfect. The sounds of their panting merged as they caught their breaths. Hermione swallowed and leaned forward to rest her head on Draco's chest. His arms came around her back, holding her close to him, brushing the skin on her spine with his fingers gently. He felt Hermione utter a contraception charm under her breath as she sat still on his cock. Slowly, she moved to climb off him and sat down next to him on the chair, leaning her head to rest on the back of it, closing her eyes in postcoital bliss. Draco turned his head lazily to look at her, fully content and fucking beautiful. His eyes roamed over her features, committing them to his memory. Nothing would ever match up to this feeling. He leaned over to her and placed his lips over hers and slowly kissed her. Without opening her eyes, she kissed him back with the same affection, then slowly turned her head to look at him, a small smile on her face. I didn't know it would feel like that, she whispered, lost in his bright grey eyes. Good? The best. And for me? We waited a long time, huh? She continued. Too fucking long, and you best believe this will be happening again. I hoped you would say that, she laughed. As long as you'll have me, Granger. I've waited five years to get here. I'm not going to lose this now. Lose you, she confirmed. You are the perfect witch, Granger. One hour later. So? Ginny asked in anticipation to her next at the bar. The muggle-born banged the pure blood, she announced quietly with a smirk. I fucking knew it would work! Ginny spoke loudly with a laugh. Hermione laughed behind her champagne glass, her eyes glancing over the top of it to look at only one man across the room who required her attention. Draco caught her gaze and smirked back. He tilted his head towards her. She nodded once in understanding. The next morning, the Daily Prophet was delivered to Malfoy Manor. Romance in the air? Pureblood heir Draco Malfoy seen leaving the annual Ministry Gala with Muggleborn and Miney Granger. Read the full story inside. Draco walked into his bedroom, carrying the paper, passing it over to the witch currently laying on his bed. She watched him carefully and curiously as he approached her. Take a look at this headline, Granger, he smirked. She skimmed it quickly and smiled back, looking at him knowingly. No stopping us now. She turned them around so Malfoy was facing her, 
and she gently pressed her hands against his chest to push him to sit down. He complied and sat with his legs wide open. Mm -hmm. 